Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. And Will, after two weeks of special guests, it's back to just you and I this week as we talk about our third album of 2020. And on the turntable this week, it's Hotspot by the Pet Shop Boys. Of course it is, Dan. We had to come back to the Pet Shop Boys at some point this year, didn't we? We did. And I like the fact that, of course, Track by Track started with just you and I and the Pet Shop Boys, or at least us talking about the Pet Shop Boys. We, of course, have talked about them many times before, but it almost feels right. It almost feels right to, to just be you and I. You know, if, if Chris and Neil came knocking on the door, and I'm sure we'd let them in, but uh, it's nice to talk about the Pet Shop Boys on a very pure episode of Track by Track. Yeah, absolutely. Two boys together comparing opinions on pop music albums. Uh, it's what we do and it's what we love. And it's nice at the end of the year, or almost at the end of the year, because it's what, mid-December now, that we're back to Track by Track in the raw. And you are actually naked, Dan. New house, the heating's broke, I'll say no more. You got up just now to go to the toilet and I thought you were cracking some walnuts for Christmas, but I was mistaken. So this album came out right at the beginning of the year on the 24th of January. So I think it's quite lovely, actually, Will, that for some Pet Shop Boys, we're bookending the year. They started it with a new album and they're finishing it or nearly finishing it with us going through it track by track. I've got to ask, Will, just very top line. Are you a fan of this album? I love this album, Dan. You know I love this album. <laughs> you don't even need to ask me. But I do love that this year is a Pet Shop Boys sandwich. It really is. And it's very much a Pet Shop Boys filling as well. If you think about our 100th episode on behaviour with all of those special guests joining us uh, and also our episode on nightlife, where we're also joined by some guest contributors. It's been it's been a very Pet Shop Boys heavy year, hasn't it? Hasn't it? Who am I? (laughs) Common as muck. Uh, It was almost like a Pet Shop Boys kebab this year or a spit roast. I don't know what's happened to you. Well, your mind's filthier than ever. <laughs> you really are getting into the Christmas spirit, aren't you? Uh, and we certainly did uh, lay into a bottle of Bailey's at lunchtime today, which was absolutely delicious. And because we're recording remotely, we had to have a full bottle each. Uh, yours was almost down in one, wasn't it, Dan? I just don't know uh, how your gag reflex doesn't suffer more than it does. God. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> have you been out for lunch with... Kenneth Williams and Julian Clary. Your double entendres are doubling by the second. Do you know what? I would love to go out for a fantasy lunch with those two. Imagine the conversation. It would be absolutely filthy. Well, I think we're getting there ourselves, actually. And getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Uh, So let's uh, just give a little bit of an overview on the Pet Shop Boys.
also for the uninitiated and for the umpteenth time this year, the Pet Shop Boys are an English pop duo, electronic pop duo. It's Neil, it's Chris, they are the Pet Shop Boys. They uh, formed in London in 1981. And just to be clear, once again, they're not from London. They got together no. in London. Yes. What, not what makes you get in court with that again? No. It's almost as if someone uh, insinuated that we got that fact wrong before. We're not looking at drop. That didn't happen, of course. Uh, we're always open to feedback, but uh, we have our limits. <laughs> and those limits are very low, actually. Uh, yeah. So they like have the standards. Had... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have had another cracking year this year, despite the fact that we have had a COVID-affected year and lo- a couple of lockdowns. They released Hotspot at the start of the year. Uh, singles off the back of that we've also had remixes and b-sides and i'm sure their annual edition of their pet shop boys annually will be out in a matter of weeks and it's such a shame as well because of course the album was supposed to be followed by their own dream world tour um their appearance at glastonbury amongst other festivals and then the unity tour with new order in north america all of which have been postponed or cancelled but I suppose the good news, Will, is that now at the end of 2020, we've got it all to look forward to in 2021. Hopefully. Hopefully. And I'm already feeling a little bit on edge about things like a Pet Shop Boys tour, about Glastonbury, uh, holidays that are planned as well, just because I didn't honestly think we'd still be in this in December. No, likewise. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm thinking very positively. Oh, it makes a change. Good. It's, the, it's just getting ready for my New Year's resolution. I'm trying to psych myself up to it because it's going to be quite a transition. Quite a negative individual, actually. So that's really lovely to hear. <laughs> so, Dan, you already mentioned Hotspot was released in January. It was released on the 24th of January uh, and was preceded by the Dreamland single, which we'll come on to talk about. Uh, there were more singles uh, released off the album. Uh, and also, we'll talk about the performance at the end, but it did very well and it got to the number three in the UK, Germany and Spain. Aside from three that, three. should we get stuck in? Let's get stuck straight into this one, Will, because I'm sure that we've got quite a lot to say about it. That doesn't sound like us, does it? <laughs> no. Nobody's scrambling around for words. So, side one, track one, this is Will O the Wiz. So Willow the Wisp there, what a barnstorming start to this album that is. Uh, I don't think it's giving anything away to say, uh, I can't speak for you, Dan, and I wouldn't want to, but this is my favourite track on the album. Yeah, it seems a shame to be saying that straight away in some way, because it's not downhill from here, as you're going to find out. And, you know, it's one of our albums of 2020. We love all of this album, but they really do set out their stall (laughs) with this song and they do because obviously i don't think we've actually mentioned this yet well this is the third album with stuart price as producer or co-producer and the third and final one in this 
what they're calling the trilogy. And so I think for both of us, really, and for a lot of Pet Shop Boys fans, the pet heads, expectations were really high because Electric and Super were just, you know, phenomenal, really well received. And I think just with the first 30 seconds of this song, you just knew that the ticked all the boxes again and that we were in for a treat. It's just wonderful. It's a, what I love about this song is that it's kind of, I think it's got nods to a lot of different eras of Pet Shop Boys. It's, there's some of the synths sound very 90s. Some of them sound more current, more almost EDM influenced. Some of it's quite 80s. Um, it's, it's, it's just a phenomenal song, actually. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. And I think for me, I remember the first time I listened to this album. Obviously, this was the first track I listened to. Um, who listens to a new album for the first time out of order? Uh, so I remember uh, just a, an overwhelming sense of, I want to say relief, but more euphoria that it was that it felt like off the back of this track, it was good. They were still good. This was going to be a great album. And we weren't disappointed. But for me, it distills everything that's great about Pet Shop Boys into one song. And because you've got, because it's it's a banger. It's one of their really pounding tracks. It's an incredible synth dance beat running through it. Uh, but you've also got uh, a bit of chanting in the chorus. You've got a fantastic melancholical spoken word bit further on as well. Uh, and I think it's just everything you want in a Pet Shop Boys song, isn't it? Is it? It really. Why am I it mad? Abs- no, you're mad. But you're right as well. Weirdly, it's. It's perfect. It's musically, it's fantastic, but lyrically, lyrically, it's pure Neil Tennant poetry. And for anyone who got uh, the book, was it hundred, hundred lyrics in a poem? I forget the title. Uh, I, I do own it. Um, it's great to see Neil Tennant's words. Some are written to be, you know, fantastic pop dance songs. Uh, others are feel or feel like poetry somewhere in the middle this one i think it's in the middle actually but it's what i love are his references and in here the references to um i'm not even going to try and say the place names in here i think i'm assuming they're in berlin um but it's just you wouldn't hear them anywhere else apart from a pet shop boy song i wonder whatever did become now of willow the wisp hmm well will we ever know well i think we all probably know a willow the wisp from back in the day uh, but what are they up to now? Married with kids or or, or all sorts. Mm. But yes, it's it's one of those great songs that it completely characterizes uh, the person that Neil's singing about, doesn't it? You do. You are drawn into the story completely. One thing I would say about this song, though, Will, is that, of course, the Dream World tour that was planned for this year and now will take place next year is billed as the greatest hits tour. So they're doing, you know, all the singles and the ones from this album, which we haven't got to yet, and Willow the Wisp isn't a single. But I would love to hear this song live. I think it would be phenomenal. I think it'd be great to actually open the show. So I hope that they kind of just throw this one in. Even though it wasn't a single proper, I think it would be a real crying shame to not have this on a a recent set list that follows this album. They've got to, surely. It's a fan favourite, isn't it? As two Pet Shop Boys fans, we're saying it's a fan favourite. So surely it should go in. That's a hundred percent yes, for, uh, based on our two votes alone. So uh, on two people's listeners, opinion, <laughs> well, the, the most important two, some would say. Um, yeah, let us know. Would do you think this should be on the set list for Dreamworld? Is this one of your favourite songs on the album? Please do let us know at Track by Track UK. 
Track number two now. This is You Are The One. Dan, what a great... <gasps> no, let me finish. What sorry, a great sorry. second track to have on this album after such a banging start. I love the juxtaposition uh, that this track has. Yes, likewise. And I think, it, for me, it was a real shock as well because the last two albums, certainly with Super at least, there were a few more slowed down moments, but there were still full of electronica whereas this song seems for me at least much more ambient than anything that was on those two albums and probably the most ambient thing since then um elysium of course but i think it works really well it's a great as you said the juxtaposition of that absolute banger into this that lovely breather uh is wonderful and of course now we know that it's it's a great moment because we're going to go into even more bangers but yeah it's a wonderful pared down moment i just love the lit i mean you know you know they're brilliant lyricists aren't they and i just love this just so reflectional and just the whole i'd love neil's voice when it's kind of you are the one i was the one it's so so touching yeah there's, there's a real simplicity to that part of it uh, and again the song talks about being in berlin of course a favorite place of the lads um yeah, it's this wonderful, um, again, storytelling lyrics, laughing at some mistranslation, order coffee and cake, and then take the train. This sounds like you and I of a Saturday afternoon. Uh, I, I, I think we've said it before, but I would love to go to Berlin. And um, I don't know about a wedding in Berlin, but I definitely like a uh, stag do in Berlin. Oh, well, uh, assuming I'll be invited. Uh, quite, a, quite a high ranking, actually, on the guest list. Yes, I'll be all. I'll be all for that. I'm not going to disappoint you again, Dan, because we have had this conversation before. But we'll uh, take it offline. So, track number three now. This is Happy People. So happy people there. And as predicted, things have lifted a little bit, haven't they, Will? We're back to bangers. Uh, this one, quite 90s with that piano. I don't know if you agree with me there. Yeah, and I was going a step further to say, it's, this sounds like it could have sat very happily in uh, Super in there somewhere. Ah, well, I was thinking more bilingual. Oh, interesting. But I think we both made connections to previous work. And I love that, that it is so, this album is so connected to, to what's come before, as well as sounding something 
really fresh. And that kind of spoken word, kind of half singing, half spoken word is uh, third track in is a completely different approach again from the previous two tracks. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the great thing about Pet Shop was the very forward thinking, but they're also not afraid to uh, be influenced by themselves as well as being influenced by uh, music from the past in general. Um, but yeah, it's just something about, for me, it's almost um, kind of almost house music, almost. Yeah, it, I, as I say, Bilingual was obviously 96, but it almost sounds like it could have even been earlier 90s than that. But I think it's a great song. It's a great, it's a great upbeat album track. I don't think this would have served well as a single, but it's a real treat on the album because it does make you, it makes you want to go out, doesn't it? It makes you want to dance. No drinks on the dance floor. Well, you can't. But you can't right now. Thank you very much. It also reminds me, and this is a bit of a longer pop connection, pop connection, but uh, this reminds me, uh, the KLF did a track way back called uh, When Kylie Said to Jason. And it was an attempt from the KLF to record a, a hit pop song that sounded like the Pet Shop Boys. And this song, a new song by the Pet Shop Boys, actually sounds a bit like that, uh, which is very cool. Uh, and uh, the KLF will be coming up sometime in 2021 on Track by Track. And that's a Track by Track guarantee. And also, Will, can we make pop connections a regular feature? Absolutely. If we can find them every episode, then we can make it a regular feature. Now, of course, the Pet Shop Boys are, in our opinion, musical geniuses. And one of the lines that I particularly like in this track comes right near the end of the song, where Neil, I was going to say he sings, but he, more, he, he kind of says more than sings in this track. Um, a blues would be in B-flat, pain-defining wisdom, but the soul is in the hi-hat, programmed in the system. Love that line. Uh, also, I've got a question for you, Dan. Mm. Do you know any happy people? Now, can I include you, Will, or do you mean no as a friend rather than a podcasting colleague? Yeah, actual friends, not just someone that you work alongside. <laughs> well, actually, going even further, do I know any happy people living in a sad world? It's probably everyone this year. Or certainly those who have been trying to keep it a little bit upbeat. Maybe those listening to Track by Track. And I think, you know, a little round of applause for anyone that has uh, been trying to keep positive this year and stay uh, up because it's been very challenging to this year. But well done. Well done, everybody. Yeah. And even if you haven't managed to say it'll be well done anyway, because you got through this. What a challenging year it was. So track four, Will? Yeah, track four. This is Dreamland. So Dreamland there, featuring years and years and the dulcet tones of the lovely Ollie Alexander. Just when this was announced, I think we were all so excited, weren't we? Because, of course, not not necessarily everyone, but if you are a huge fan of Pet Shop Boys and their brand of synth pop, the likelihood is that years and years are one of the newer bands who may have caught your interest. So to have the two joining forces you know we had high hopes for it and for me at least well i think it was just 
it was a, a fantastic payoff. It's one of I think it's one of Pet Shop Boys' real purest, poppiest moments for a while, um, and it and it just works so well. And Dad, Dan, not Dad. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Dan. <laughs> And Dan, when this track started playing, you said to me, God, this feels like ages ago this came out. Well, Dan, you're right, because this actually came out in September 2019 as a single. It was first released. Uh, and it was inspired by Ollie telling Neil and Chris about his trip to Dreamland in Margate. Which I remember um, when I first heard it, because it's so upbeat and poppy, and probably yeah, that whole idea of Dreamland and kind of a, a theme park carnivalesque thing. It sounded like a kind of euphoric, really uplifting song, and musically it is. But actually, lyrically, are you doing it again or not this week? Is that just have we had the no, one for this week? No, you've, you've yeah, you've had your statutory allowance. Right, thank you. Sorry, I'll just go. On, I'll do. I'll carry on on my own. Lyrically, that sounds quite sad on its own. Lyrically, um, oh, but I thought you're used to. Doing it on your own, Dan, <laughs> before we started recording. Not during recording. But uh, yeah, so lyrically, this is talking about the refugee crisis and, um, you know, the fact that to some people, the UK is uh, a paradise. And they're talking about how there's a dreamland in another world far away. They say it's a free land and they welcome everyone to stay. Uh, that real juxtaposition of that lyric and that music it's uh it's it's one of those moments where you know it took me a while to know that and it's like i remember loving gimme shelter by the rolling stones for a long long time and really like singing along to the chorus and not really knowing what it was and i was i think i was just making words up and it was only i think even years later when i realized that the word the words were rape murder it's just a shot away um that's you know very different to the feeling of the song uh, and Dan, only on track by track would you hear people talking about uh, refugees and self-pleasure in the same breath. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think, well... Well, not for us to say. Leave that open. Probably. Yeah. probably not. Uh, but no, this is a cracking first single. I love the collaboration. It just felt like a really good fit. Uh, and it sounds like the whole process was really enjoyable for the two uh, functions coming together. And I remember I was lucky enough to be at Pet Shop Boys headline slot at Radio 2 uh, live in Hyde Park. Will, I believe you were away in Italy or somewhere similar. Um, but th this song had just been released and Ole Alexander came out to sing it live with Pet Shop Boys. It was a real treat. Um, but I'm sure, I think they hinted at the fact that next year at the O2, you know, Ollie's a Londoner, so maybe he'll... Maybe he'll pop, uh, pop up on stage. Also, if you haven't checked them out yet, do listen to uh, some great remixes on the track from Pet Shop Boys themselves and from TWD, a.k.a. Stuart Price himself. Also, there's a lovely uh, extended extra length version, uh, which is uh, really nice. So, track five, Will. This is Hoping for a Miracle. Oh, aren't we all of it?
So hoping for a miracle there and Lord Christ alive, aren't we all this year, Will? I don't want to kind of keep talking about how this song reminds me of this previous uh, Pet Shop Boys collection or anything like that, uh, but I'm going to do it now, actually, Will. The introduction to this song, the kind of the layers and the production that make those sounds really took me back to Fundamental and things like I Made My Excuses and Left. Um, there's just something about really, really letting the track and the mood build before the lyrics come in that they can do so well on songs like this. I love this. This is so atmospheric uh, that you can almost cut it with a rusty bread knife and it paints such a vivid picture in your mind. Maybe because I know what Waterloo Bridge is like in the fog, uh, but also the fact that this in terms of its point in the album, it's in the middle. We've had some banging tracks. We've had some things a little bit slow and a little bit more different. This is why you need to listen to a Pet Shop Boys album or in its entirety, as well as enjoy dipping into one or two tracks, because it's just the way it flows and that that mix is just, it's an experience, isn't it? It's a story. It's not just an album. It's not just a collection of songs on a disc. Definitely. And I think we said at the start of this episode how this is, of course, a third album with Stuart Price, the third in the trilogy. And I think definitely the previous two have lent more towards that dance side of things. Whereas this one really is the full experience. You've got the upbeat dance tracks. You've got the subdued atmospheric tracks. You've got the slower electro numbers. It really does tick all the boxes. I wonder if they were thinking in the studio, you know, this is the last one with Stuart. We really need to fully explore what Pet Shop Boys can do and what they can do with Stuart Price. Track number six now. And we're lifting things up a little bit with I Don't Wanna. So that was I Don't Wanna, another one of my favourites on the album. And I think, Dan, we'd both uh, agree on the sentiment in that. I don't want to go out. I don't want to go dancing. (laughs) (laughs) It's that classic. uh, You make a plan. You turn up at your mate's house. You get in the mood. You have some pre-drinks, some music, uh, hair straighteners, makeup, clothes everywhere. And then actually you get to the point of going out and you think, well, actually, I don't want to go. I've had the most fun. I don't want to go out now. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because that is very you and I. I don't want to go out. I don't want to go dancing. We, <laughs> we talk about a lot how bath and bed by nine o'clock sounds absolutely ideal right now. But I think a year where we've not been able to go out and go dancing, I just I can't wait for that to come. I really I can't even imagine the joy we're going to feel when we can go out and go dancing. I can't wait to see your worm on the dance floor again. Uh, do not call it a worm. That's, that's very rude. Because <laughs> you do like to undo your trousers when you're dancing. To allure people over to you. <laughs> or repulse them and make them run away. <laughs> uh, more of a caterpillar. Uh, anyway, uh, this uh, also this was a single. This was release, a single release. This was the most recent Pet Shop Boys release. 
Uh, the artwork is brilliant because it's like a text message that says I don't want to or an I message actually to be uh, specific. There is a B-side on this album that we're not going to talk about on this single, sorry, that we're not going to talk about in further listing that I'd love for us just to shine a brief spotlight on. Um, and it's something that we both enjoy. What's that? This is a little bit of New Boy. <laughs> Found up your best friend Noticed him as well The new boy down in town Arrived last week and now Everyone's the same So that was a little snatch of a new boy there. And again, a little bit more uh, downplayed some lovely uh, horns in there as well. I don't know if you heard those, Dan. Yeah, I do like. I really like it when when Pet Shop Boys do work with, you know, more of a a brass section. They kind of give themselves a bit of a almost like Motown esque uh, feeling to their songs, which is absolutely lovely, of course. So that's the B side from "I Don't Wanna," uh, which is a lovely change of pace. But back to the main event. Um, I think I like the fact that this song is called I Don't Wanna and it's all about not wanting to go out going dancing. But yeah, it's a really dancey song. Yeah, definitely one of the more uplifting songs on the album. And it was a single, so maybe it's going to be performed on the Dreamland, uh, sorry, Dreamworld tour. Fingers crossed. It would be great to hear this one live, wouldn't it? It would be lovely to hear it live. We'll see. It does sound, it is the sort of thing that deserves to be performed with the crowd and yeah. get everybody to get everybody dancing. But... Fingers crossed, we'll see. And also the vocoder on this one. We've talked about Neil's singing. We've talked about Neil's spoken word. But I do love it when he sings uh, and, his, and his vocal is produced to this extent. Oh, I'm nodding, but I should really say, yes, I agree. <laughs> rather than just nod my head. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really work in a podcast. So track number seven now and single number three. This is Monkey Business. So monkey business there. Uh, again, this is a much more a change of tone. Disco really, really feels like, doesn't it? It does. And I don't think disco is a genre that we've really seen Pet Shop Boys delve into a great deal in the past. There have been moments of it, absolutely. But this is full on funk and disco with the strings. It's, it's sort of Studio 54-esque. And Will, this is... One of my favourite songs on the album. Yes, and I know about this because you did originally, you weren't a fan originally. I just, it's really strange. I just, the first time I heard it, and this is really strange for me with the Pet Shop Boys song, I just, I didn't, it just didn't click for me the first time. And I think it is because it's so disco and it's quite tongue-in-cheek as well, the whole lyrical content about the monkey business. Um, I, I just didn't get it at first. And I think it was actually the video that really 
that I really, when I really got it, when I saw the video and I saw the dance floor and I saw the dancing and I saw Chris dancing, which is always a wonderful moment. Um, and now, yeah, absolutely love it. It's, it's, it's one of my top three songs on the album. I love the fact that this is contrary to I Don't Want It. This is all about the excitement of uh, going out on the town, getting drinks, meeting up with people, getting up to all sorts, uh, which is, I think there's a lovely, I'm not going to say juxtaposition again, but that kind of like feeling like you don't want to go out, you want to stay in, but there's sometimes actually feeling like you do want to go out and let loose and really go for it as well. Yeah. Definitely. Although I have to say, I think Neil would have had a massive headache after this night out because he's demanding bring me margaritas, champagne and red wine. That is a cocktail for disaster, I think. (laughs) I can imagine you. You'd be absolutely off your rocker. I've learned too many times the hard way not to mix them like that. And also red wine last. Oh, dear. I don't think you have learned that because you still seem to go crazy sometimes well perhaps i'll never learn then uh, and good for you actually but i did on a similar note uh i really missed your christmas party this year that's always a very drunken night yeah and getting drunk on mulled wine that's a really weird thing isn't it but it, it happens i remember you tried to climb out of the window last year and that was on the third floor it was just a horrific moment we really like that episode of sex in the city but thankfully you were coaxed back in like a uh, cautious pigeon. <laughs> and I was probably flapping about as well. <laughs> and covered in fleas. Shitting everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> if I say to you, Will, that the single of this has got an untouchable feeling to it, would you know what I was talking about? Yes, the, the a full glorious length of the track was butchered into a radio edit. Yes. Yeah. And actually, I think I'm, I'm not sure. I might have heard the radio edit first and I just... It, it's such a shame that it's been cropped like that because it it just take away from the full energy and the full disco of the track. And I'm sure that actually uh, Chris and Neil, you know, obviously they had to do it to get on Radio 2 and I'm sure it did very well on there, but I'm sure they didn't particularly want to do that. But, you know, if it gets them onto the radio, I'm all for that at the same time as well. So it's a bit of a, uh, uh, a, bit of a, uh, a hard call to make. So track number eight now. Only the dark. So that was Only the Dark, and it might seem a bit obvious to say, Will, but as soon as I saw the title, and then certainly again when I heard the song, I felt like this was a bit of a a spiritual successor to Only the Wind from Behaviour, which of course we celebrated. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm just remembering, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm remembering the cheap joke I inevitably made at the start of introducing that song. So on to the next track now, which is track number five now. And this is what you said, Dan, uh, when you uh, emerged from the toilet after about 20 minutes when you were suffering from some very serious constipation. Only the 
Yes, I'm sure there were one of your uh, Jim Royal-esque gags in there. You do remind me of him more and more as time goes on. Uh, how dare you? <laughs> but at the same time, I really do wish I could sit on my ass watching TV all day. I thought that's what you did. But yeah, like Only the Wind, it's very atmospheric. It's very... There's just something quite innocent, actually, about this song and about, again, the lyrics. Uh, only the... Do- I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, listeners, I've got the lyrics up right now. It talks about you can only see the stars in the dark, and that's kind of a really almost like childlike way of looking at it, but it's it's very true as well. I really... I do... No, I don't really like this song. I like this song. Um, and I think it kind of edged into not quite album artwork territory, but it's it's quite a nice mid-tempo album track. Uh, and I don't dislike any Pet Shop Boys song, but there are definitely things I enjoy a lot more on this album. Yeah. I think though, after, coming after I Don't Wanna and Monkey Business, it's a, it's a good placing for it. So, track number nine now, the penultimate song on the album and the second single released from the album, this is Burning the Heavens. So, Burning the Heather there, what a great time to talk about that fantastic album artwork. And contrary to what I said in the last track, I don't like this song. I don't like it. I'm sorry, Dan. No, no. But that's just how I, that's just how I feel. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, our listeners know, everyone who's listening to this knows that you're a huge Pet Shop Boys fan. I think only a true fan of any band or any director or any creative can say that there are certain things that they don't like from someone or from from the person that they admire. So I, I respect you for that, Will. There's just, a non, just a not enough there for me in terms of what I need from a Pet Shop Boys track. Uh, and a guitar isn't one of them. Mm. So, are we talking about the artwork? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, art, the album artwork is... Um, it's uh, it's not frosted glass. It's not crazy glass. Um, it's I don't know, but it's very distorted. It's obviously the two of them stood there, and it's a kind of brown beigey uh, tint and filter over the top of their silhouettes. And then in the corner, in what is the font they've been using for this album, you've got Hotspot and Pet Shop Boys written as well. I like it because it's very much in keeping with their style, their art direction. Uh, but it's you can't see them. No. And actually, again, thinking about this as a third in a trilogy, it's very different to the you know, really bright, colourful in-your-face of Super and then the quite... Um, how would you describe the electric cover, Will? I mean, you've talked about it on, on the episode, but it's um, very graphic, isn't it? Very graphic design. <laughs> Very graphic. <laughs> Not a couple of people, a couple of people having it off. Yeah, <laughs> that might be what's happening on these silhouettes. You never know. <laughs> no, no, no. There's no body. There's no body parts connecting. No, and thank goodness uh, for that. Unlike the silhouette, when I walked past your flat the other evening, Dan, I don't know what was going on there. 
I bet you thought he was watching that scene from Austin Powers, all those things being pulled out and put in. It was more like a Punch and Judy show. <laughs> well, to be fair to my other half, I was... Uh, carrying a string of sausages. And I was out of order. <laughs> now, although I don't like this track, the B-side on the single of this song, I do like. Don't like it quite enough for it to be my further listening, but I do like it enough to mention it uh, whilst we're talking about this track. So let's have a little blast of Decide. This should have been in place of this. I love that track, Decide. It builds up to about two and a half minutes to a wonderful crescendo. Uh, and then there's some very overdramatic uh, moments, which are just quintessentially Pet Shop Boys. I think, uh, yeah, I definitely think it's a great track. And I think there's also a remix of the B-side as well, isn't there? Which is great. But I cannot lie. I really do enjoy Burning the Heather. I love the fact. Oh, yeah! I just love you kept that quiet. Well, I, I like the element of surprise, as you well know, and I love the <laughs> fact that we've got this acoustic, you know, really autumnal um, stripped back song on here. The guitar is, of course, coming from Bernard Butler, uh, formerly of Suede, and who's uh, worked on various projects since. Um, I, I just think it's completely unexpected, but certainly as the penultimate track and now knowing what's coming next i think it's wonderfully placed yeah there's just something i suppose quite shocking but but in a strange way because um for a lot of people it's more the kind of harder edge dance things that are the shocking the shocking side of them whereas obviously with pet shop boys actually the getting the acoustic guitar out that's the shocking thing very dramatic is it shocking things happening but i have to say i do think it's a strange choice for the second single not to say it's a bad choice, it's just... Um... And I remember reading at the time, there was a lot of people said that because it was so different from, I guess, what we're used to from Pet Shop Boys, but also the first single. Yeah, absolutely. So we're on to the last track of the album proper. And this is... Wedding in Berlin. in Berlin there the last track on the album and classic Pet Shop Boys just to throw in something a bit of a curveball something a bit more quirky uh, and this kind of Euro pop uh, number with the what is the wedding song the wedding theme do, 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 do. isn't it called something yeah it's the wedding march by Mendelssohn oh and well done well uh, one of us needs to do our research well really that's wouldn't work without that. Um, I'd love to know, Will, though, because obviously we're both 
Pet Shop Boys fans. We're both in separate relationships. There's nothing going on between us. Uh, but Will, would you like to be taking up the aisle while this song was playing? Oh, like Burning the Heather? Like uh, Boom 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 by the Venga Boys. Oh. Do you know what? As a little wedding prezzy for you, when you do get married, I might see if I can uh, get them to perform. That would be absolutely lovely. Instead of a choir at a church, they could be a selection of uh, people at a church. Well, village people, really, because they did have a similar uh, aesthetic, didn't they? Uh, I do, I, all jokes aside, Dan, I loved the Mighty Hoopla a couple of years ago, seeing the Finger Boys. It was such a party atmosphere. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. And I think that surely they've got to be back there. They haven't been there for... that was. Well, it's two years ago now, wasn't it, because of COVID or whatever, because we have not had one this year. But, um, well, it'd be two years ago anyway, actually. But, yes, it would be great to have them back there, and I'm sure we will have them back there. Um, you did look quite uncomfortable when the sailor dragged you up onto stage and started making thrusting motions behind you. Well, it brought back some terrible memories of my time in the Navy. Well, yes, best uh, not to mention anything about seamen or... Uh, cabin boys yes and if you had did have those on your trap by trap bingo list for this week you can tick them off now <laughs> are we that predictable yes oh, we are more than yes, yes we are <laughs> dan what do you think of this song i really enjoy it i think it's great experimental very different obviously instrumental or, or f- uh, for the most part instrumental i should say there are lyrics in there uh track uh, but i do know that it really did split opinion this one so will what do you think of this one I'd, at first, I was like, what the... And then I really like it now because it is really different. And I think if the Pet Shop Boys don't continue trying stuff and playing around and experimenting, then you know there's no hope for the rest of the music industry. That's what I love about them. They're still continuing to try different sounds, different uh, collaborators, different producers... Uh, and they just—they're not afraid just to throw something out there to see what happens. I absolutely agree, and of course they do experiment with uh, ballet, with scores for shows. They've—they've they've included uh, classical works before, like the uh, Tchaikovsky piece in All Around the World. Uh, yeah, and long may it continue. Also, we'll just a point on this song. Apparently, they were invited to uh, a friend's wedding and couldn't make it because they're on tour. So this song was a wedding gift to the friend. Ah, oh, that's lovely. Hopefully when we get married to our respective partners, mm, not each mm-hmm. other, uh, we get a similar sort of treatment. We can probably... I think we're in there now. I think we're in there now. So I think we'll be all right. I think you might be better off holding your hopes out for a tribute from Jedward from uh, Cameo or whatever it's called, where you pay someone to send a greeting. I'd be fine with that, actually, as well. Uh, so... <laughs> That was the last track on the album. Dan, Dan. Quite stern. Is everything okay? What are we doing for further listening? We are, of course, we're sticking to this era. They've they've gifted us with B-sides and remixes, etc. We've talked about some of them already. And we don't want to touch any of the other albums because we're going to get to them at some point. So, yeah, Will. Okay, so for me, I have gone for the B-side from Monkey Business. And the I love this. This is called At Rock Bottom.
So that was at rock bottom. I love the fact this is a very much more stripped back kind of dance pop song that kind of reminds me of something you might have heard in the early 90s more so. Um, obviously about someone that's really struggling with addiction. Uh, and maybe it was another one written as a reading present. Oh, maybe. As an intervention. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the fact that it's, it is another great Pet Shop Boys song. It's really strong. It's really solid. And I don't think it would have fitted on the album. And I love just this idea that this came about as an experiment um, as they were recording. I, I assume it was produced by Stuart Price. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if you know, Will. I don't. I, I, I just assume it, it was. I think we can both assume. Um, yeah, it, it, as you said, it's it's fantastic electronics, but also not, I was going to say spaced out. I don't mean spaced out, but there's space in between the electronics in this track, which you don't always get with some of the more upbeat stuff on the album. I like the fact that it's not sort of structured and styled as a traditional song. Uh, and again, it's a lot more uh, nar- narrative, conversational. And I love that chorus where it's kind of, it's all about, it's all about, it's all about drugs. Mm. And you are all about free choice, aren't you? Uh, well, let's not get into that now. Let's uh, let's crack on. Dan, what have you gone for? Uh, I've gone for one of the B-sides from Dreamland. This is something you don't have, Will. An open mind. I absolutely love this one, Will. I mentioned before about how one of the songs had a bit of a bilingual feel, uh, to me at least. And this, I think, has got it as well. It's very 90s. It's very, it's quite Balearic with the rhythm. It's much poppier, I think, than a lot of the things we've heard on this album. So I think the B-side was the right place for it. But a few years ago, in a different life, could this have been a Pet Shop Boys A-side? Well, do you know what? It's my favourite of the B-sides they've released uh, this time round. And the only reason it's not my choice is because you bloody beat me to it, you <laughs> shit. Uh, but I love the... It's so... It's got a great sort of ca- catchiness to it. Uh, and I think it's almost a little bit kind of Eastern, Oriental in some of the noises yeah. and stylings in it as well. And um, I really... It charmed me when I first heard it. And I was just, I think at the time as well, it was the B-side to Dreamland. So I was just desperate to hear more new Pet Shop Boys music. And I think it's just, it's just lovely. Yeah, really, really enjoy this one. And and likewise, it, obviously the reason I chose it is my favourite B-side of this era of the band. And just once again, aren't we so lucky as Pet Shop Boys fans to have, to know, to almost be guaranteed that we're going to get a load of b-sides and remixes and extra content as well as the album and the singles yeah and it's nice because it's just going to happen it's not, with other artists you just don't know sometimes it's just the just the songs just what was recorded for the album and singles but you know you get a lovely raft of extras just a quick word before we go and have our dinners have us teas <laughs> uh on the performance uh and reception of this album um and it, it was it was very well received so nme four out of five independent and telegraph uh, four out of five as well, uh, with a lot of critical positivity around it. In particular, 
uh, for Dreamland uh, and uh, Monkey Business. Wonderful. We're out of time. We are out of time on our Hotspot episode and our third album of 2020. Do let us know what you thought to the album and the episode at Trap by Trap UK. And Dan, we have got our final album coming up uh, next week. Can no, actually, don't give us a hint of a tease. I shan't give you a hint of a tease, Will, because it would be too obvious. Needless to say, <laughs> we're talking about another fantastic, record-breaking album of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well done for restraining yourself there. Uh, do take a moment to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And we're back on Saturday with the last instalment of our Tracks of 2020 episodes we are counting down from 10 to 1 well ah it's such a good episode isn't it not to blow our own trumpet it's so good it's so good and we might will we be talking about the pet shop boys again you'll have to wait and see so until then i have been willow the wisp and i've been bernard butler goodbye goodbye Oh, just sniff your own gusset. Don't ask me. Sniff your own gusset sounds like the name of a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or a game show.